in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I am not trying to be funny, and I won't do this well, but it's very appropriate. Rock of my soul in the bosom of Abraham. Rock of my soul in the bosom of Abraham. Rock of my soul in the bosom of Abraham. Oh, rock of my soul. Now, it's appropriate to sing that today. And first of all, I want to extend on my behalf and your behalf all of our behalf, our condolences to Valerie for the loss of her mother. The uh, joyous grief, because it's both. Uh, it's still vivid enough in my mind that I understand joyous grief. And what I'm going to say at the beginning, and I've this was all planned as a part of the homily because it always is in everybody's curiosity. Uh, do, the parted, do the departed recognize each other and do we know anything about it? And uh, you must understand, and, and I wouldn't mind if you had the gospel lesson in front of you today, it's in, in the bulletin, but um, uh, the uh, things have changed since Jesus told this parable or story, parable, story, people argue about, which is, it doesn't make any difference, it's Jesus' teaching. But uh, things have changed, uh, and, and for the better, because we sang just a few moments ago, uh, when thou didst submit thyself unto death, O thou deathless and immortal one, then thou didst destroy hell with thy godly power, and... When thou didst raise the dead from beneath the earth, all the powers of heaven cried aloud unto thee, O Christ, thou giver of life, glory to thee. So things today aren't quite the way they were in the gospel lesson which Jesus taught because that was before the resurrection. But uh, this story or parable uh, of the rich man and Lazarus is terribly important. And it's got to do with what you do with your good stuff, what you do with your money, or what you do with your good things. And you cannot clearly understand this story, I believe. Oh, I better, because some of you are watching your watches. I'll finish by 11.15, don't worry. You cannot understand this story unless you have a little bit of the context of when and how this story of the rich man and Lazarus takes place. Now, this is, I'm going to give you one day, this is just one day in the teaching of the life of Jesus. All that I'm going to tell you happens in one day. And if you don't have the whole day, you won't understand why he did the rich man and Lazarus. Jesus gave another story or a parable, and he told the story that we call the story of the unjust steward. Uh, and the story went like this. There was a, a, a man uh, who was the steward of a rich man's estate, and uh, he was about to get canned. He was about to get fired. 
uh, either he wasn't doing a good job or whatever the reason, he was going to be dismissed from his position. And he said to himself, holy Toledo. Well, probably not. But he said to himself, I am, I'm, I'm too weak to beg, and I'm, a, I'm too weak to dig, and I'm ashamed to beg. I got to figure out something for myself. And so he said to himself, this is what am I going to do. I'm going to go to the people who owe my master uh, a lot of money or a lot of stuff. I mean, in some cases, it was commodities, okay? And he went to them, several of them, and he said, look, right now, sit down and pay half. I'm going to give you 50% off the debt. And you're forgiven the whole thing. Now, that's a good deal. And apparently, everybody took him up on it. And he, uh, he bought it. He bought into what, what the Lord, uh, or what his master had said. And Jesus responded with this way. He said, and the master of that man, of the, uh, uh, the steward, the master of that man, uh, now I can't read, uh, His master praised the unrighteous manager because he acted shrewdly. Hang on. For the sons of this age, these are the words in Jesus' mouth, for the sons of this age are more shrewd in relation to their own kind than the sons of light. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by means of of the wealth of unrighteousness. What's the wealth of unrighteousness? It's your paycheck. Okay? That's not righteous stuff. Nothing bad about it necessarily. It's just the wealth of unrighteousness. Okay, I mean, it, it's, it's not divine. Okay, it's just what you got owed. Make friends for yourselves by means of the wealth of unrighteousness so that when it fails, when you ain't got no more money, they will receive you, and this is where the story turns a little odd, into the eternal dwellings. Now, hang on. Also in the course of this, he finishes this, he says, therefore, after he tells the story, now the preacher, spelled with a capital P, Jesus, he says, therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you with the true riches? It seems that Jesus is saying, you better use your worldly stuff, your money, good things. You better use it wisely, or who's going to entrust you, and the who is God, who's going to entrust you with heavenly riches? That's an interesting thing that comes from the mouth of Jesus. And then he goes on to say, Therefore, if you have not been faithful, this is just Jesus teaching after he gives this story of the unjust state manager. 
Therefore, if you have not been faithful, he says to the crowd, including his disciples, because it's very specific, if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you with two riches? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, for you can, uh, or else you will despise the other. You will be devoted to one or despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. You can't serve two masters. Now, by the way, I'm not sure wealth is the only other master. God is the one master. Now, for some people, wealth is your master. For some of you, academic excellence may be your master. For some of you, golf may be your master. For some of you, the Cubs or the Indians may be your master. You know, I, I don't, you know we, there are different things that master us. This one happens to be wealth. Now, here's, now, now today, Jesus has taught the unjust, judge, or the unjust steward, right? He taught the story of the guy who cut the bill in half for a number of people. That's, that's where it starts. And then he makes this uh, application. You need to use your wealth wisely. Uh, and, and then that odd turn where if you don't use it wisely, who's going to give you the heavenly riches? Okay, now. Now we get to why we have today's gospel. And immediately, the Pharisees, immediately, this is Luke, if it were, if it were Mark, well, we got, we got enough immediately's for the rest of the world. But when Luke uses an immediately, he sure means immediately. Immediately after the story of the unjust merchant, or the unjust steward and Jesus application immediately this is just mind-boggling to me mind-boggling immediately now the Pharisees who were lovers of money were listening to all these things and were scoffing at him in a sense that almost breaks my heart they were scoffing at God in the flesh. That's not a good thing to do. You're going to catch it. You're going to catch it. And we shouldn't rejoice that the Pharisees were going to catch it. We should mourn. But they were scoffing at him. Why? Because they loved money. And he said to them, you are those who justify yourselves in the sight of men, but God knows your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men, here comes a big word, is detestable in the sight of God. Detestable. Ooh, I would suggest you not do things detestable in the sight of God. Then, immediately, he comes and to the story of the rich man and Lazarus. He, no, unjust manager, application of that. But then the Pharisees are listening. They're going, what are you, that baloney? What junkies teach? How could he say something so stupid? 
I don't know what they said. They were scoffing at him. And then he says, there was a rich man dressed in purple and, he, and fine linen, and he, loved, and he lived sumptuously every day. And there was a poor man, a poor man who was sore covered, S-O-R-E. I mean, he had sores everywhere. He was a mess. A sore covered, dog-licked, poor man by the name of Lazarus. And he was laid at the gate of the rich man. Every day. So every day when the rich man went out to the bank, and when he went out there in his fine linen and his purple at his gate, but this wasn't uncommon in antiquity. Fairly common. Here is old sore-covered, dog-licked Lazarus. And the rich man walked right past him. All Lazarus wanted. This isn't, the, this isn't the Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha. This is another Lazarus. All the poor man had wanted was crumbs. They both die. They both die, and the rich man is carried away to heaven by angels. And he is seen in the bosom of Abraham. Now people ask, Father John, are we going to recognize anybody in heaven? Are we going to recognize any of our departed? Well, of course. Lazarus had no idea who what Abraham looked like, but do you know who recognized Abraham in this story? The rich man. He recognizes Abraham. Of course he recognized Lazarus. He saw the poor thing there every day at his house. But he recognizes Abraham, and he recognizes Lazarus. And what an astonishing scene. Because the rich man is in torment. And the oppressed man is rock of my soul in the bosom of Abraham. He's reclining in Abraham's bosom. Now Lazarus doesn't say anything. The dialogue here is between Abraham and the poor man. Now, listen to what doesn't happen. What doesn't happen is, Abraham, this is Dives. That's what he gets called in the West. They give him a name, Dives. It means it's the Latin for rich man. I'm Dives, don't you remember me? I gave some money at the synagogue. Don't you remember me? This is an outrage. What do you mean by having... Lazarus in your bosom. Don't you remember me? 
Why am I here? This is just wrong. No. It's an astonishing scene. The rich man is actually, in some sense, though not completely, humble. And he says, Father Abraham, I'm in a place of torment. Please send Lazarus to give me a drop of water. Now, it's amazing. He doesn't ask for a glass of water. It's crumbs for a drop. Just give me a drop. Just one drop. Amazing, isn't it? It's the drop. I'm in torment. But then Abraham says, can't do that. There's a gulf between us. Can't do it. Can't give you a drop. You know, probably would if I could, but can't. It's impossible. Can't change anything for you. You were already sealed it. And then he has another piece, the poor man, the, the, the rich man, diving. He says, but then, oh, please send somebody to my brothers, my five brothers, in order that they, do you know what the next word is? It's in the text. Help me, talk to me out loud. That they repent. He understands why he's there. And he does not even try to defend himself. Oh, I gave to the new temple. I gave to the new, I mean, I gave to the new synagogue. He does not do one thing to defend himself. He just says, send somebody. Lazarus, send him to warn my brothers. And Jesus said, if they, they have Moses and they have the prophets, if they didn't believe Moses and the prophets, if they don't believe them, they wouldn't believe if somebody came back from the dead. He says to him, Rich man, in your life, hang on, we're in the big stuff now. In your life, you had the good things. And in Lazarus' life, he had the bad things. And now he has the good things. And you've got the bad things. Are you Pharisees listening? Are you Pharisees listening? You've got Moses and the prophets. Oh, my goodness. You know what, Lazarus, what the rich man should have known? The prophet Micah. And what does the Lord require of you, rich man? But to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Oh, somehow the rich man missed that one. He didn't believe Moses and the prophets. And he spent it all on himself. Now, this is where his character does come really short again. No, Father Abraham. No. He's willing to argue. No, if, if somebody came back from the dead, they'd listen. No. But it's interesting. The words aren't harsh. In fact, they're almost respectful. The rich man says, 
father Abraham. And Abraham replies, son. Or in some translations, child. It's a very decent conversation. Well, you got what you deserved, you dirty rich man. No. That's what you ought to get for not caring about old soa-covered dog-licked Lazarus. No. You got what you deserved, and he even understands it. He knows that the issue is repentance and that he didn't, and it's too late. Not too late for his brothers, but too late for him. It's an amazing story. Remarkable. What do we make of it? What do you do with your good things? And I'm going to ask you a question today. Are you with me? You're not asleep. I go to sleep a lot. In church. I'm old. Who or what is your Lazarus? Because God will put a Lazarus at your gate. There's going to be a Lazarus at your gate. Because he's going to test. What do you do with your stuff? What do you do with your good things? The rich man? Can you imagine him standing there before the mirror in his purple and fine linen, going out the door, seeing Lazarus going on? Oh, Lazarus. Lazarus wasn't even asking for money. Just crumbs. And he didn't get any. And the rich man failed his Lazarus test. And God gives you a Lazarus test. Why? Because it shows your heart. Your Lazarus test will always show what your heart is like. And God looks at the heart. And the things which humans see as being good, when God sees them in your heart, they are detestable. So ask yourself, what do I do with my good stuff? You know, most of us in here have quite a bit of good stuff. Sometimes I think about my lineage especially on my father's side, but probably my mother's too. Uh, I come from a lineage of very, very persecuted people. They ground us. They skewered us. They said, you want to be baptized again, huh? We'll baptize you. And then they held us under for an hour or so. Because we were dead. By the thousands. So I know a tiny bit of the oppressed. And we need to pay attention to the oppressed. 
to those in need. My great uncles, three of them, suffered immeasurably in the Ukraine. Because they didn't have the guts to come to America where their brother, my grandfather. But they suffered. They lost everything. But you know, I think they did. You know, I think of my dad. My dad passed the last day. My father was, he wasn't a rich man, but he was rich in giving. Very, very rich. God gave my dad a Lazarus. God gives you a Lazarus. God gives me a Lazarus. What's the plural of a Lazarus? A Lazari? You may have more than one. Have compassion in your heart. I'm not saying give to the church, okay? That's fine. That's fine. That's not all I'm talking about today. Give! Did you hear it? Give from your heart, not to be detestable in the sight of God. Glory to God who rewards with true riches those who are rich in giving in this world. <laughs>